Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? Dougie here. We got everybody in the booth this week. Packed episode today. Jakey's here. Benny's here. We're going to get right into it. We had an exciting weekend. Victor Hovland broke the Puerto Rico curse. And what I mean by that is he was the first guy to win in Puerto Rico and then also win a, another event outside of the Puerto Rico Open. Congrats to him. We're going to talk about that down in Mayacoba in Mexico. So, so far, Hovland can only win out of the United States. I don't know if that'll continue, but it might. Uh, he's also the first guy uh, or one of the uh, first players under the age of 25 with multiple wins from Europe. So huge for him. He joins uh, Sergio and Rory and a few other guys. So good things to worry, uh, to look out for there in the next couple of years as he continues his quest. We also are going to talk a little bit about the PNC Father-Son Championship, which is where Tiger and his son are going to be pairing up playing against the likes of Justin Thomas and his father and other folks. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. Women's Open, which is the last major of the year on both the men's and women's calendar. That's played here locally in Houston at Champions Golf Club, a course that all three of us have been able to uh, play. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what we think about the course. And then uh, at the end, we're going to end with the yearly breakfast ball awards ceremony, which is going to be run by Jake. (laughs) Uh, we do this every year, some superlatives that are given out to uh, different players, our player of the year, et cetera. So excited about that. Guys, what's going on? How, how's your week been going so far? What's up? What's Good, up? Man. Good, man. What's up, everybody? Vinny, you got a new bed, bro. Big time. I didn't get a new bed. I got a new bed frame. Talk about the construction of that. I was more. I was very interested by the so, uh, so text it's, messages we were doing. It's more like a decorative piece for the bed because uh, – <laughs> The bed base is a mechanical base. Uh, you basically drop the base inside of the frame instead of on top of the slats. And then there you go. It basically hides the mechanical base. Ah, I see. Yep. Interesting. So, is the it, mechanical bed a game changer? I mean, it works. It definitely works. I like that <laughs> we sleep with the head port, like the top half, like a little bit lifted every day. Been sleeping like an accordion, like his feet are touching his chest, his head touches me. <laughs> I, I already move a shit ton when I sleep, so it is what it is. Then we got Jakey here, who's drinking like the blueberry triple double quadruple cider beer oh, yeah. of the year. Hit us um, with that full name. Yeah, what okay. is it? You, the full name. The full name is the Gooey Blueberry Pie Double Milkshake IPA. <laughs> there you go, people. Sounds like you're you're eating uh, dessert. It's it is part of the dessert series, I believe, for this brewery. So. Wow, this is a local go. brewery. Give them a shout out. Yeah, I don't even think they need it. They're more famous than us. Tired Hands Brewery in Ardmore, PA. <laughs> pretty right sure everybody. Pretty sure everybody's more famous than us, but that's hey, okay. Not everybody, but definitely potentially these guys. Actually, you know what? I'm going to quick sidebar. There is a local um, Philly sports talk host who started a golf podcast. And I just want to, I'm not going to name the podcast. I'm not going to throw that kind of shade. But the fact that this dude has like, already has like thousands of followers and that podcast is shit. I listened to it twice. That really, it just makes me mad. Makes mm-hmm. it, the, we got our grind. We got to keep grinding. You know what I mean? We're getting there. We're going to get we're to thousand there. followers by the end of the year. Go. I like it. I like it. Everybody's doing great things. We, we're almost at 700. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's get into it. So my Coba this week, a place that the two of you have been to, correct? Correct. Yeah, we were there. There's a uh, 
there's a part three course on the other side of the property, I believe. Yeah. And uh, of which we played when we were very subpar golfers. This was like the beginning (laughs) of the Scalici Open, huh? Sounds like it might have been like round one. It was. It's close to round one. That's for sure. No doubt. You guys remember the first time you played golf together? Oh, well, uh, I, I mean, I do actually. It was it was at Hanover. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so Hanover Golf Club in I guess that's technically there you go, just north of us in Jersey. That's where our uncle okay. used to play a lot of golf at. Yeah, who won, who won the inaugural Scalici Open? Was I would think definitely Jake. Yeah, I think I won that one. Um, but I, I have a couple of uh, it's interesting they were going to this. I have a couple of memories. One being that somewhere early when we got there, my uncle said, don't don't hit driver. You're not ready for that. The first tee, I absolutely ripped a two iron. I'm like, dude, golf is so easy. <laughs> like, I pounded this thing out there. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go that way from that point forward. But, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I did get you that day because we did keep score. So It was like, like a blistering 117 to 112 or something. Yeah, it was yeah. something along those lines, yeah. Hey, man. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys remember all these things. Um, yep. All right. So this week we had down in Mayacoba, where you guys have been, a resort in Mexico, which I've heard is very nice. My buddy Zach, I think, has been there a few times. Our buddy Zach has been there a few times. Uh, and we had a very good field for yeah, good this field. being late in the year. I think guys just trying to play as much as they can since it was a shortened season. Brooks Kapka was out there. Justin Thomas was there. Ricky Fowler was there, Tony Finau. A lot of guys in the top 20 <clears throat> made their way down to Mexico to play in the annual Mayakoba Classic. And our boy, our horse, Victor Hobland, got it done. Four, four rounds in the 60s, shot 67, 69, 63, 65 Whew. to get it done. One shot over Aaron Wise, who, good story for him, another guy who, one, his rookie year out on tour and has had a little bit of a hard time going like a lot of guys do and uh, is now playing a little bit better golf. Was able to finish second and take home $700,000, so good for him. Um, a couple guys that were up there after day one and two, Tony Finau had a look at it. Brandon Todd was there again. He's always there. Carlos Ortiz was trying to win like in the last three weeks, two events. He won in Houston, trying to win in his home state, home state, home country, excuse me. Uh, Max Homa was up there. Austin Eckrote, the yeah, amateur, good showing yeah, very good I showing mean, from him. Oklahoma State just puts out some absolute bangers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and another one to talk about. Speaking of Oklahoma State, Ricky Fowler fall, misses the cut, falls out of the top fifty in the Ooh. world rankings for the first time in ten years. If the Masters started tomorrow, he would not be in the field. What Crazy. do we think about Ricky? We think Ricky's. Just like in a little rough patch, he got married, he's got some things going on, or do you think that maybe the game's passed him by? I don't know. I know we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Vince, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I'm a Ricky fan. I still am. I think he's got, you know, a good golf game that could show up any week. Sadly, it hasn't shown up in about two years. So, uh, (laughs) it's true. I mean, we we haven't really seen Ricky push a leaderboard in quite some time, and... um, if there's one moment in his career, I think this could be it, and either he can decide to turn it around, or he can be a, media, a mediocre golfer for the rest of his his time on the PGA Tour. So uh, th- that's that's all I have. I mean, 
does he have that gung-ho mentality that you're seeing Bryson and JT come out with right now? No, he doesn't. So if he's going to, if he's going to do it, he's just going to shut us all up by going out one week and just blitzing the field. Maybe I, I wish I could say more about him. I just don't think he does any one thing that great right now. And I like everybody knows he's going through swing change. It's like the third swing change since he's been on tour. Uh, my thing is too, I just think he's got to, he's got to put the other things aside. It's, it's like tough. Like, I mean, getting like, I'm a normal human being. When you get married, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Like you have more things to do around the holidays. You have more things to do. You have to, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of it for him is, is a little different because, you know, having money is nice, but like you just have more responsibilities, more things that you're attached to, more things that you have to do. And that and the fact that he has like 12 billion sponsors, I mean, he it's right. been well documented that he does more stuff on on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays than any other golfer out there, more sponsor um, requirements. And that takes away from your time. So I don't know. I think Vince is on to something a little bit there. He needs he needs to find a way to refocus. Um, but I don't know if it's, if it's going to happen. I just don't think I think his skills have diminished for whatever reason. So right. I mean, it's not like he, he was the best player to miss the cut. Brooks Kapka also missed the cut. I would think uh, Gary Woodland missed the cut as well. So a couple major champions in the last year or two missed the cut. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, not a good thing for him, because especially as he keeps dropping, I hope that he doesn't try to press even more and more, because that, that's just mm-hmm. appetite for something bad to happen. But let's go to the other side of things. Victor Hovland gets the job done, gets breaks the curse for the Puerto Rico Open winners. We thought it would be Tony Finau. At least I did, although I, I thought Victor was going to get a win soon at some point. Gets the job done in great fashion. Goes low four days in a row. The guy's got a ton of talent. What do we think about Hovland, guys? Are we excited to see what happens here in the next year or two? Do we think he gets another one soon? What What's the, what's the level of excitement for Victor Hovland as we go into 2021? Oh, it's high. Uh, I yeah. think I think it's really high. I mean, you saw him play really well at an event that was difficult for most of the field, aka the Houston Open. Um, and then you, two weeks later, he goes out and wins after posting some great rounds and pretty windy conditions the first two days, and then some rain. You know, it rains every day there. Uh, I mean, I really think the you know the sky's the limit for this kid. He's really going to show out this year. Yeah. I, I, I think Vince pretty much kind of kind of hit it on the head there. First of all, I, I'm going to throw this out there from this point forward until he wins somewhere else. Victor Hovland is known as the all-inclusive champion because he only wins in resort towns. Puerto Rico, <laughs> now Mexico, we got the all-inclusive champ. Okay, <laughs> So my, my thought is, like, if you look at those three players, we, we know they're always going to be tied together. Um, they're... Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovland, all top 15 in the world. And I still think that Hovland might be the not the best, but the most likable of that, that group. I love listening to him talk. I love how vulnerable he is. I like He's Definitely the I guy mean, who flies the most under the radar, too. Because yeah, not sure. in the limelight as much as Taylor, too. I mean, he had another like Sunday where you saw his great skill, which is ball striking, just kind of take over. And then as soon as he missed a green... You're like on the edge of your seat, like, oh man, this this right. dude could fuck this up right now. And so, I don't know. I I think he's just a fascinating golfer, and and I am pumped for him and Wolf and Morikawa all to be Ryder Cuppers. That's going to be ridiculous. Like, 
unbelievable how fun that's going to be. Yeah, that's a great point you bring up. I mean, it's kind of like when Rory and Rom and a few of those guys came up a couple of years ago. You're just like, oh, shit, there's three dudes. They're just absolute horses for Europe. Yeah. Now we got those horses and Rom and Rory still in their prime. It's going to be exciting to watch them go up against these guys for the next couple of years. Like you said, going to be fun. Except Hovland is going to be a European. That's right. That's yeah. a good point. A great point. Yeah, it's going to be wild. So I don't know if you guys saw where he moved to in the – the 2021 FedEx points. Um, is that, yeah. So I'm mean, really talking third. about that. Yeah. He's in third. He, he's in moved the, from uh, imaginary points. to third. It, exactly. So how does, you know, where do you think, how does he react to that position? You know, he's going to know it, obviously. He doesn't but miss cuts. So I, I, I agree. I just, this is his first glimpse of, let's call it something in the top five rankings wise other than two wins um you know statistically in his career so mm-hmm. how's he gonna react is he gonna go out there and play like a top five fedex guy because you saw people like brooks and jt who really have a hard time at you know i don't want to call it a resort event but a not even an off-field event it had a pretty good field but a lot of top 10 guys didn't do shit at the mayakoba mm-hmm. uh, i think some of the middle of the pack guys really separate themselves in these, you know, outside of the majors. And mm-hmm. you know, I just, Hovland did that so great this week. Yeah, I would agree. I agree as well. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be fun. He he played really well. I'm really excited for him to get that win. Again, against a really good field. It wasn't just like it was an off week for most of the players. He got it done against everybody else. And we'll see what happens. It's probably going to be a few weeks off now for him as I'm not sure he's committed to the Century Tournament of Champions. Obviously, we won't know until a week before New Year's for that one, or if he's going to go to the Sony Open, which is out in Hawaii, uh, would be the first time he, he gets into that event. So he might might play in it just to go play in Hawaii. Will not, but if not, probably see him somewhere around Torrey Pines, which is uh, towards the end of January. So a couple weeks off for him to uh, prep for the uh, the Fast and Furious 2021 season as you jump right into it basically in January. Right. Um, with that, boys, let's move straight over to the PNC Father-Son Championship Challenge, which has been put on for, for quite a while now, um, which is down in Orlando, Florida. They play at the Ritz-Carlton Golf Club. <clears throat> it's uh, next week, December 17th through the 20th, four-day event, Thursday through Sunday. It is, like we said in the name, Fathers and Sons playing it. And for the first time ever, Tiger Woods has committed to playing with his son, Charlie. I don't know if anybody's seen Charlie's swing. I highly recommend you go take a look at it. He swings better than 99% of the population already at the age of like 13 <laughs> or 14. Um, he's already blitzing fields in Florida. And he's got Tiger Woods on the bag for him when he's when he's playing those events. So God help those kids that have to go out there and play. And you see Tiger on the bag already. That's um, That's got to be a mind fuck. But uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, some yeah. some great some really good uh, past champions, major champions in the field with their fathers or sons. Greg Norman's playing. Marco Mira, Gary Player is playing with his grandson. VJ uh, Singh, Tiger, like I said, Lee Trevino, Justin Thomas is playing with his father. He's the first timer in it. Annika Sorenstein's playing with her father in it. John Daly and his son, who is also a great amateur player coming up through the ranks, a little bit older than uh, Charlie Woods. Um, so I, I think they've played in this event two or three times now. They'll be matching with pants and have the great, crazy outfits. 
John Daly's son's got the big long swing like his daddy's fun to watch. David Duvall's in the field, Furick and Padraig Harrington wrapping up. But uh, it is a really good field and, and should be fun to watch. I do not know. Oh, it's a 36-hole scramble. Okay, good, good, good. So it's not like they're playing alternate shot or best ball because the best ball wouldn't be fair. Tiger and JT would probably win that one. But uh, 36-hole scramble, which would be fun. Hopefully they take a couple shots from Charlie. It would be fun to see. JT said Charlie's a huge shit talker already uh, when he plays with the guys down in, in Florida. What Guys, what are, you, are you excited? Because this will be the first time I ever watched the BNC Father-Son Championship. You know, something, a good event to watch. It's, it's is normally the week of uh, the Hero World Championship, which is Tiger's event in the Bahamas, but that's not going on with COVID. They rearranged some things and moved this back a week. Excited about the PNC Father Son Championship. Uh, more excited to see Tiger Son play. What's kind of the what's your level of excitement for this one? Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like super pumped. I do think obvious, obviously, having Tiger and Charlie in there makes it like I'll flip it on. Um, in in previous years, I would watch here and there because I, I mean, I had heard that uh, you know little John Daly swing was something to check out. And, and it's, I mean, it's a great move and he's going to go play, you know, high level college golf. Um, I think at Arkansas, I think he's going where his dad went, which is yeah. pretty crazy. So yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's obviously more entertaining. It's, it's still a hitting giggle. And, um, but I do think that it's, I mean, it's fascinating, obviously like you don't want to Charlie Woods is 11 years old. You don't want to put like too much on a kid and you don't want to like throw him out too much in the public eye. But I, think it's really kind of like it's cool like it's the second version of tiger woods you know what i mean it's tiger Woods the dad and uh um you know it's interesting to see like you know obviously his dad mentally trained him prepared him to go do this and be this amazing golfer and just hearing jt talk about like man yeah charlie just will shit talk you no matter what i'm like wow like that that's pretty cool like it's cool that that somehow got passed down you know what i mean so I think it'll be neat. I think it'll be really interesting to just take a peek at and watch a couple holes here and there and kind of, you know, enjoy it that way. Any? Yeah, I feel I feel the same way as Jake. Um, I think it'll be better than the last week's match. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll turn it on. Definitely like, keep it on in the background for most of the day. That's kind of how I feel about it. Obviously, JT, his father, was like his swing coach for however long. Um, I guess maybe it'd be cool to see where he started or some of his influences. And obviously we've seen Charlie Wood swing. Looks just like his father. Like literally spitting image hitting the damn ball. Um, so yeah. I even wish I could That's replicate wild. that. His his replication is just unreal for you know a kid that age. And I think it'll be fun to watch. So that's how I feel about it. A good golf spectacle in comparison to the match. Is old Charlie Woods going to be a major champion by the time he his golf career is over? <laughs> it's t- tough to say he's not striving yeah. for that. But, I would say he's definitely striving old. for that. Yeah, I would. I would agree. But imagine being 11, 11 years old and people are like asking you questions like that, like that, because that's what's <laughs> happening. Um, I would say he's probably got a you know a, a decent chance. I, I really, it's it's hard when you're like that good that young. Right. You know right, right, what I mean, right. like you're probably going to get there. It's just a matter of what happens when you are there. Right. Yeah. yeah imagine like he has to, he doesn't get regular. I mean, he's going to get some exemptions because he's Tiger's son, but he has to go through like corn fairy and all that. If he doesn't, it's got to have to be tough. So hopefully 
Yeah, a long way away, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, fun one to watch the uh, 2020 PNC Championship. Everybody check that out. That's next week, uh, December 17th through the 20th down in Orlando. The major one this week is a the women's U.S. Women's Open Championship, which is at the uh, Champions Golf Club here in Houston. It's uh, for those that don't know, it's streaming on Peacock uh, from 9:30 to 11:30 in the mornings, uh, and then we'll be on Golf Channel uh, the rest of the, the rest of the way from 11:30 to 5 p.m. So if you're wondering and trying to catch the the women's golf, uh, those will be the two platforms that they'll be on. <clears throat> it's at a uh, golf course, which is here, uh, located in North Houston. I've had the pleasure, I actually practiced there when I was in high school. Uh, they've got two courses, both Cypress and Jackrabbit. They will be using both courses because of the time of the year, just to uh, make sure that the tournament uh, gets on and finishes at the right time with uh, daylight savings, because, um, you know, limited daylight. So they'll be using both both courses. Typically, they would only use Cypress and they would use uh, Jackrabbit as a parking, actually, normally. But they're not going to be doing that this year. They're using both courses, which will be really fun. I think great for everybody. It's a bummer that there won't be any fans in attendance. I will be actually on Thursday. We have a friend that lives on the course going to their uh, going to their house. They're on like the fifth or sixth tee box and uh, just watching these girls pipe drives out there farther than I hit them. So, anyways. <laughs> Guys, you guys have had the pleasure of playing at Champions with uh, our good buddy uh, Brian Dennison, who's a member. What uh, What do you remember from that day? Obviously, it was a little bit before the uh, redesign was done, but the layout didn't change. Just they, they redid the greens and some of the runoff areas. What do you guys remember about Champions Golf Club, and uh, what are you looking forward to this week uh, from the women? Um, what I remember about the course itself was – really good greens really fast i remember we played i want to say i was down there in like early summer may or june and it was quick um and i also remember very tricky bermuda so i think we saw like with the houston open how um you know bermuda rough doesn't have to be very long for players to have to guess a lot about what the ball is going to do so I think you're going to see a lot of that, honestly, because it's it's not an overly narrow golf course. It's also not super mega wide. It's not super penal. It's very much a fair golf course. Um, and I think that, like, if you do miss fairways, which I know the women's game, you don't miss as many. But, like, if you do put it in some bad spots, you do miss fairways or you put it on the wrong side of a hole and you got to go at some of these, you know, greens that are, are at least when I was there, were, were fairly quick and fairly firm from the wrong angle i think that's where you'll see some scores really kind of move up um but yeah i'm pumped i'm pumped for i think it's like i think it's going to be a really cool uh weekend especially with both of them on all the groups on cypress by saturday so should be should be interesting right agreed Vinny. yeah have you played it twice now i'm thinking about it i've played it twice once pre-greens and once right after they finished the new greens on cypress so yes jake the greens are Equally as diabolical. Um, yeah, they're nasty. There's a huge premium on not just hitting them, but hitting into the right spots. Um, you know, we walked out there and put around uh, one evening. Don't tell anybody. You know, on the right when the <laughs> greens were like just finished, super firm, extremely fast and true. Um, and yeah, I would think that that's exactly what everybody in the women's game is going to be focused on is hitting the balls into the right spots on the green. Cause yeah, exactly. Their accuracy is paramount in comparison to the men's game. So yeah, I think, 
you're going to see good scores and probably a lot of even pars to two under. Um, nobody, I don't think we're going to see anybody really blitz this field, uh, especially at this course on the Cypress side. Yeah, I think I think Thursday is going to play really tough because we've had some really, really nice weather for the last four days leading up to the tournament. And uh, I think it's the greens are going to be dried out and really, really fast, firm. I think Friday there may be, well, depending on if they play or not, because we're supposed to get a fairly amount, a good amount of rain. But there may be a little bit lower scoring the round after that just because of the amount of rainfall. But I, I agree. I think it it's going to be uh, somewhere around level par. We'll win the tournament. I don't think too many people will shoot crazy numbers. I do think that it's going to be a really fun course to watch from the viewer's perspective. They should do a great job. We've had the pleasure, or I have, of being out there in the last month or two when they were putting different things up. And I think you're going to see some cool things from Champions Golf Club, whether you know what the course is or not. They uh, they did play the uh, FedEx Tour Championship there for about 10 years back uh, in the early 2000s. So it's a course that has a, a great pedigree here in the Houston, the Texas area. And uh, I'm excited for, for those of you that uh, don't know anything about the course that are going to be able to watch it and, and see how the, the women do. I know we have we have actually my roommate, Vince's former roommate, a member there. And we have a couple other friends that are members there as well. And they've said that the weeks leading up, the, the rough is up. The greens are quick. The runoff area is completely shaved down. And... Uh, you know, my buddy Rich, who's a, a plus one, plus two handicap, has been shooting somewhere around 75, 76. And then the guys that are six, seven, eight handicaps have been shooting somewhere around 90. So it's going to be it's going to be really tough. <laughs> what uh, and I'm excited to see there will be some ejections, but it's a major championship. And, and those are some things that people like to see. You, you hope that, uh, you know, the, the course isn't the uh, isn't the story at the end of the week. But sometimes mm -hmm. that's 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 what happens. And. You're going to see a lot of tree-lined holes. Some you got to hit the fairway premium, but then you also got to, like Vince said, put the put your second shot in the in the right place. I would say it's a it's an all-around great test for everybody. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the power rankings for women. First time I've ever done this. This is actually the second time uh, there's been a championship for the women held in Texas. Or back in '91, they had it at Colonial, which is up in Fort Worth, where they the men play now, and where uh, Daniel Berger got his. Uh, first one on tour in the last couple of years. Uh, coming back is the defending champion, which is, and I'm going to completely butcher this name, Jay Young Lee Six. Yeah, Lee Six. Yeah. Uh, she, she won it last year at uh, Country Club of Charleston in South Carolina, another course that was really, really fun to watch. Um, but she is not on the power ranking. So according to the power ranking, Say Young Kim is number one. She's yeah, coming in off back to back wins on the LPGA tour. And uh, is on a complete hot streak. She, along with MB Park and Daniel Kang, have had uh, multiple victories this season. Daniel Kang is second on the power rankings list that I'm looking at. She also has, uh, like I said, two wins in the LPGA Drive Championship and the Marathon, which I believe were the first two events right after they came back from COVID. Uh, she came in. She's coming in ranked fourth in the world. Love, love DK. Actually met her at the uh, at the Houston Open as she was following her boyfriend. Maverick McNeely, who plays on the uh, the men's tour. Jin Young Ko comes in at third. She's the top-ranked woman in the world, but she has not won since uh, since the COVID break last year in twenty in October. We'll see what she does. She does have a, a four finishes inside the top eight or better, so she obviously has some form going as the number one player in the world. MB Park, everybody knows MB. 
seven-time major champion, won at the 2008 and 2013 Women's Open. She has 12 worldwide starts and 32 – sorry, she had 12 starts this year with one win. She also won the uh, Women's Australian Open. At six top tens as well this year, and the runner-up at the uh, KPMG Women's PGA, uh, and also another runner-up at the uh, Volunteers of America's Classic. So she is she a girl that kind of fell off a little bit, and now is just coming back and, and blitzing fields again, like she was, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. And and crazy because I guess in my opinion, I may be wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong. But a lot of these girls, I feel like they play like from their early twenties about 27 28 and then they're done with their career where i feel like she's like in her 30s now mm-hmm. and it's still playing um just as well as everybody else on tour yeah i think the uh, rounding out the top three are uh two of them are the sisters nelly and jessica corda nelly coming off a uh, back injury this is her first start here in a while she's the number three ranked player in the world 22 year old so the younger of the two sisters uh both have i believe three wins or no, five wins on tour excuse me Jessica Corda coming in. She's a 27-year-old, the uh, elder of the two. is coming in off of a, a T19 last week at the Volunteers of America Classic. She's still, uh, both of them are still uh, looking for their first major title. And then ranking, ranking out the last of them is uh, Lexi Thompson, my girl, who's only 25. And I think Vince and I talked about this this week. I feel like she's 35, but she's been on tour since she was like 16 and made her first U.S. Open appearance, I think at 12 or 13. Is that right, Vince? Yeah, I believe it was like 12 years old, man. This is her wow. 14th U.S. Open appearance, which oh is God. just wild. Yeah, crazy. Uh, she does. She did win uh, one major, the 2014 ANA Inspiration, but uh, has been looking for that elusive second victory. Uh, one of the top U.S. women for, for quite a while now. She did uh, finish second last year, uh, but was, I think, three or four shots behind uh, Jay Young Lee in a tie for second. So... We'll see what Lexi Thompson can do. Guys, we won't do any picks this week, but anybody that you would uh, love to see uh, get there, whether it's another major championship or just that you're you're rooting for? Yeah, I think we're just rooting for some of the hometown ladies. I think Stacey Lewis, it'd be really cool to see her win on her her home course, basically. Uh, So uh, if I'm pulling for anybody, yeah, I'd like to see Stacey Lewis go out there and do it. Um, Jakey, any, any fan favorites? Yeah, yeah. I I can't pronounce her last name very well, so I'm going to do my best. But Bianca uh, Pagdanananan, I think is how you say her last name. She's like the longest driver on the LPGA Tour, and I think her swing is just so sick. And, uh, I mean, she probably won't do it. She's not one of those pedigree players at this point in her career. But I think that's just something actually that's cool about the LPGA. It's like the Sofia Popov thing that happened um, at the Women's British. Right. Like, it really, there really is a chance for these these players who have been grinding to come out and and, and do something crazy. So uh, yeah, that's the player that I've been following. I am uh, I'm on Lex, the Lexi Thompson train yeah, all the time. Go figure. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going with Lexi, but I also like Vinny would love to see Stacy Lewis uh, or one of the hometown girls get it done. Uh, another person I I'm throwing out there is. Uh, is Jessica Corda. She's been playing well and uh, love her swing. It, I like watching the women because they, they play a lot like our games. When I say our games, the three of us and, and guys that we play with, uh, and they're hitting, you know, some hybrids and longer irons and do a lot of these greens. And this champions plays long. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what tees they're going to be playing from, but I know for 
you know, the back tees for the men, which they're obviously not playing back there. Those are 74, 7,500. So they're probably playing somewhere around 6,800, I would guess, 69. And those are the tees that I think we typically play. And yeah, we played a, those. There's a lot of holes that you really can't hit driver and it, you're playing for placement. So you're still hitting longer clubs in. So it's going to be fun to, to watch them play, uh, play this course and see how they get around. It'll be interesting. I know that uh, Michelle Wee and a few others are on the on the cast calling the calling it, so that should be well going well. Michelle's done a good job here the last She's couple good, weeks, yeah. um, and she does she provides a good insight, I think, uh, along with the rest of the uh, golf golf cast. So that's all I got for the uh, women's U.S. Open or U.S. Women's Open here at Champions. Hopefully, it's 75th. Hopefully, we get a winner. Any? I know you guys. You kind of said what you thought the winning score would be. Any anybody want to guess and see if we can peg what the actual score is going to be? I'm going to go with minus eight. Wow! Eight under. Whoa! 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 (laughs) Like I said, I don't think anyone's going to go very low, but I would think that if somebody's playing really well out there, you would see one or two under. And uh, we've we've seen it. Women don't make as many as many as mistakes. They just I don't, I don't feel like they do. So, yeah, I think if somebody goes out there and plays their game, they can shoot two under every day. So, eight under. It's funny because Doug brought up the length, and I actually was, like, holding my tongue earlier. So I was like, can't this place get stretched pretty good? And oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember when we played, I was, like, hitting a couple good balls. I was like, man, this, this place is pretty fucking long. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be higher than that. So I'm going to go minus three. Okay. I'm gonna go right around Jakey. I was thinking one or two under, so I'll, I'll go with I'll go with one under. I would love to see like a one or two over winner, and cool. just like five or six people grinding on Sunday to to get the win. Uh, will be fun, and, and we'll be uh, we'll be rooting for all the women down there. I'm gonna try to get out there Thursday and the weather pending Friday to watch as much as I can. I'll try to get some videos and put on the gram. Um, they have a pretty good viewing of the, like I said, I think it's either the fourth or fifth green and then the fifth, fourth or fifth uh, yes. tee box going so, out there. So It's funny you say this, Jake. I'm just, I'll am just throw this out there really quick. I don't know if this is very current, but stretched out the Cypress Creek course plays at 73, but mm. Jackrabbit stretched out only plays at 7,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but I, th- I would think we're going we're gonna to see though. them. Yeah, I think we're going to see them below 7,000 on both courses for sure. I yeah, agree. I think um, uh, Chelsea, who's uh, been on the on the pod, who has not played in any of these, but obviously played in, in you know a couple LPGA events, she said normally they play around 66, 6,700 for the the uh, major championships and a little bit less than that for the other events. So, you know, they might push them out 67, 6,800. We'll see what that happens. I mean, it's... If the weather stays nice, it'll be firm and fast so they can play it a little bit longer. The ball will roll out because uh, we've had weather in the 70s here this, this last three or four days, and I think it's supposed to continue into the weekend. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Jackrabbit is a, a much tighter course. It's kind of in the neighborhood, whereas Cypress is uh, more – I mean, it's in a neighborhood as well, but not not as uh, house-lined as Jackrabbit is. Jackrabbit every hole has houses down left and right side and mm-hmm. is a much, much tighter course, which could be fun to, to watch people play. Cause I, I think a lot of the members, uh, including Richard, who is our, our buddy and on our, our gentleman's cup team as a member, he likes Jackrabbit better than Cypress, even though they're both very good golf courses. So we will see what happens. Um, 
So that's it for the 2020 U.S. Women's Open. Good luck to all the women out there. Lexi, if you hear this, please just slide into my DMs and we can get <laughs> married as soon as you're ready. Um, with that, guys, that's that's kind of the wrap on this season. Let's jump into the 2020 Breakfast Ball Superlatives. Jakey, I will hand the mic over to you. Okay. 2020 Breakfast Ball Superlatives. So I've been, you know, kind of putting these together a little bit on the fly. But, yeah, um, yeah we're going to make it work. So just for everybody out there, the guys have not heard these. So no these, we, we, these things, we can go anywhere with this stuff, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I got a couple of different ones. I want to lay a couple things out there. Um, one, you cannot answer or you cannot use Dustin Johnson for player of the year. We know he's the player of the year. So if you're going to – so for that particular question, when that comes up, no um, no Dustin Johnson. Okay. And um, for event of the year, there is the, – the category is going to be non-major. And then I'm going to ask a major question later. So okay. keep that in mind as well. Okay. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's get started here. We're going to go with uh, – to start out here, who is your – Breakout player for 2020. Vince, let's go to you first. Breakout player for 2020 in your yearbook, your 2020 yearbook. You know my answer. I think it's definitely Victor Hovland. All right, so two win Victor Hovland is your answer. You want to go a little bit further on that? Nope. I I just, of the young guns, um, you know, all three are great. I can't. I don't think we've had a better year with with certain rookies in quite a time, quite a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I I just think Hovland's a a personality that kind of resonates with me a little bit more, and you know I'm just a big fan of his, so that's my pick. Okay, understood, Dougie. I am going with Harris English what? as the breakout player of the year. <laughs> Guy started uh, the year at 183rd in the world ranking, okay, and is now down to 25th or 29th excuse me okay he played 20 events with a shortened season had a second place and five top tens uh coming in from like i said two years ago he was ranked 333 in the world so that's kind of my breakout um most improved player of the year is is harris english Listen, I you know you're both my boys, but like Colin Morikawa is the breakout player of the year. <laughs> you said I have to. What about he's our player of the year? I can't. can't. Sure, that's actually, hey, listen, that's a good. You know what? You're right. You made a good point there. Um, but yeah, because I took DJ off your list. That's a very good point. But to me, I mean, like the major what it didn't even seem that surprising when it happened and to me i think that's the thing that i take away from it so much it's like we just expected this guy to do these kind of things and he's already you know kind of doing them and uh yeah i don't know for me it's it was an easy one but i like i like actually both of yours for different reasons so that's good that's really really good and yeah harris english what a what a year for the guy for yeah. sure and he finished top five in the high code this past week too the guy is just on a tear right now ATM machine. All right. Comeback player of the year award. Who do we think that goes to? Let's go to Dougie first on this one. Comeback player of the year. Everybody uh, loves a good comeback. Story. Easy for me. That's definitely Daniel Berger. Berger. Yeah, that's a good one. Berger was uh, 154th last year, was 
kind of reeling. I don't even think he had full status on tour. And then right after the COVID, well, even right before the COVID, and then right after COVID, uh, the break, he came back in Blitzfield first, almost went back to back at a second, two thirds and three top tens. Was not given a sponsor's exemption into the Masters. A lot of people thought he deserved it, which he definitely did. But we will see him at the Masters this year. Uh, and he's also playing actually in the, we didn't talk about it, but the QBE shootout, which is a team event this weekend. Um, there's like 12 teams playing. He's playing in that one too, uh, which will be, you'll be able to get to see some more Berger who hasn't played in, <clears throat> in the last few weeks. So Berger is my comeback player of the year. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Vince? I mean, I was going to say go with Berger, but... I uh, you can say burger I, too. You no, don't have to say something different. I have a very interesting one because as soon as you asked, I thought of it. and I'm like, this sounds right. You know, old man uh-huh. comes out, gets a W. Store it, sink. <laughs> Come back, play. Like All I right, love I, I love it. Yeah, that's great. So comes out and gets a win at the beginning of the 2021 season at the Safeway. Um, not just by, you know, it wasn't a tough event, but come out shoots 21 under. And and gets the W. So, yeah, if you want to talk about a career that's been ice cold for quite some time, comes out, yeah. gets a win. There we go. I that's like a, uh, I, I like that answer, too. I think that's really – I completely forgot about that, so that, that really brought me back. And your comment about, um, you know, this this older player coming out and filling it up, how about Steve Stricker at the Mayakoba this week with his wife on the bag shooting like – I don't know, fifteen under, thirteen under, something wild. That's who. Um, uh, that's who Burger's playing with this week. Is Burger and Stricker. Oh, yeah, man, I am tuning in. That that pairing could be electric right there. That is awesome. Uh, Burger trying to get on that Ryder Cup team, I'm sure. All right, my comeback player of the year. I feel like this was actually like a pretty easy one. Uh, it's got to be Brendan Todd, right? Like the Toddster. Dude, like, like Shankzilla, yeah, no you doubt. know, off the face of the earth, and then he's just out here with, you know, poofing it out there, two seventy or whatever, winning events, which is just crazy. And like, he even played pretty good at the Masters for the first two rounds, I think. Like, he's, it's pretty crazy, man. It's it's a it's a good story. Uh, he played good again this week, and uh, I mean, he, he might just be one of those guys that when he when he plays really well, he wins, and when he plays okay, he's kind of just hanging around somehow, which is is crazy. From, from ranked two thousand and sixth to ranked sixty forty sixth in the world right now. No, he's ahead of Ricky. Oh yeah, Ricky down oh, fifty two. Yeah, God, that is crazy. Wow, I can't <laughs> believe that. He okay. played in twenty sixteen. He played in twenty five events and missed twenty three cuts. Man, talk about being in like the dungeon and getting yourself out. That is crazy. I love it. Oh, sorry, you caught me mid beer sip there, having a little blueberry sip. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so um, here we go. Let's go. um, Favorite off the course moment of the year for the PJ Tour. Wow. Go with yours first, Jake. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Please do. I uh, want to see where you're going with this. You want to see where I'm, where I'm going with this? Okay. So I think um, I've given this a lot of thought, but my favorite off-the-course moment was uh, when Bryson said that he thought he could live to be, like, maybe 125 years old. Because <laughs> I was just like, 
you know, it's been it's really kind of been his year. He's been the the crazy like I didn't even put biggest story of the year on here because I was like, all right, well, that's clearly been what Bryson's done. But the fact that he with a completely straight face was like, I see that like in you know soon we're gonna have the technology where like I could probably live to like one twenty five, one thirty, no problem. Was just absolutely insane to me, and I thought about it the other day. I was like, "Yep, that's got to be my favorite off-course moment of the year." You guys got one, or you need more I mean, time? It, I think all of the feuding between Brooks and Bryson was great. Yeah, um, but I also really enjoyed Brooks's faux modeling career that occurred this week. I don't know if you guys caught any of this, <laughs> but yes. I'm sitting here, I'm like, you want to talk about getting your head away from golf? Let's start modeling onesies out in Mexico on the beach, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go with, I'm going to keep it with Bryson. I'm going to go with him go, getting over 200 mile an hour ball speed as the uh, off the course. Although I guess it is on the course, but off no non-tournament thing that he's got going on. You mean when he was just like in his house, like shirtless, hitting it like as hard as he could? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. As, as long as we're on the same page there. All right. That works. That works. Um, let's go with. Uh, all right. I really like this one. This one's, you might need a minute. So if you need me to go first, just say something. But shot of the year. What's the best shot you saw hit all year? This year? Including putts. Including don't putts. even need to think about it. John Rahm's clutch putt on 18 at the BMW to win uh, in the playoff was just fucking unreal. That like, was pretty crazy. Like an absolutely unreal moment in, in one, his career, two, the, the goddamn match. And like, holy hell, what a what a turning point for me in that golf pool. Mm-hmm. Never forget it. Well, I didn't realize it was that big for you in the pool. It was that big. Oh yeah, that was back to back wins. DJ and between DJ and Justin uh, Dustin Johnson, and then for the next ten weeks, I didn't get anybody inside of the top ten until the final week with JT at the Masters. So yes, I remember it. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm gonna go. Can I have two shots in the same event? Yeah, I'll let you I'm do gonna, it. I'm gonna go with the 18th at the Workday Charity Open. Where JT made like that seventy foot bomb. That was sick. And then Colin Morikawa covered him up to win the tourney. Yeah. I'm going with that as my like top two within five minutes of each other too. Yeah, that that's you I mean, it's really kind of like Vince's in a weird way, right? Like DJ makes it to get in or whatever, and then you know, Rom makes it on top of him in the yeah. playoff. All right, I am going with uh, I mean, I think it was just like the one swing that just completely changed the tournament and and changed history for this player. I, I it's got to be Morikawa's drive on sixteen at the PGA. Can like, I just feeding this like cut driver yeah. up there to a tuck pin? Um, you know, making that putt and and just being like, I'm here. Like, be ready for this. Uh, was just to me, incredible. And the fact that he did it at workday, like a couple weeks before was also pretty crazy. Like same shot on whatever hole that is at, at, um, Mirfield, uh, was, was crazy. Just absolutely wild. So, all right, good ones. Good ones there. I, I kind of knew Vince was going with the pup, but I didn't realize it was because of the implications of the, um, of the golf pool. Oh, I mean, it's also probably 
one of the greatest winning putts in recent years. So Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Everybody loves this superlative. Like when you look back at your you know, your senior yearbook, you see what you know, who got voted most likely to succeed, and then you look on Instagram to see if they're like a loser now or not. Um, we're gonna go with who is most likely to succeed next year. So who would be like your player potential player of the year? Who do you think is gonna be player of the year or breakout kind of star next year? Wow. Still don't have to think about it. I think Sung Jay is gonna have a year oh, to remember God. next year. Vince is having a fire podcast right now. Sung I, Jay, I mean huh? okay. what a grinder, all right. For starters, he plays a ton. So, like, when does he actually get in front of, like, people to practice? Because he's always playing and traveling. I, mean, I heard he's playing in Dubai this week. Which is, like, That's the guy crazy. lives in a van when he's here playing in the United <laughs> States. He just bought a house in Atlanta. So, and now he's in Dubai. I'm just sitting here, I'm like, the guy loves the game so much, and he's, he's young enough on tour. He's going to mm-hmm. play a lot, and he's going to find his groove. I think we've already seen him play really well in tough events. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he's probably going to win two times next year in the 2021 season. All right. I'm going with Abraham answer to have the, uh, best year in 2021. What? Like our podcast would explode if M or answer was like the best player of the year. That'd be sick. It's a best player, like breakout player. Yeah, well, I'm, oh, take, I'm taking whatever both. Uh, well, I think he, I think he breaks the curse. He's going to get a win, and then I think he's just going to. I think he's going to contend, and I think he's got a chance at winning one of the majors next year. It could be a weird one. He could like pop up in the British Open. That would be sick. I'm Could going with. Good. I was just saying, I'm going with Honest Abe. I I would love if somehow magically they had to slip on that tiny green jacket. Be like the smallest little baby green jacket for Abe. <laughs> um, he had a chance this year. He really did. That's why I'm thinking, like, could you imagine that though? Like in April, like Dustin Johnson, like six two, is putting this this tiny green jacket on like five foot one. Uh, Abe answer out there, man. That'd be put Abe up on like a stepping block. <laughs> yeah, to... they get him like a little peach basket, you know, to step on. Um, <laughs> I think I know. Actually, now that we're sitting here talking about this, Jake. I have a feeling where I think you're going with your pick, um, and it's somebody we okay. talked about so often, and honestly, we haven't even mentioned his name yet today. Oh, I, I don't think that you know where I'm going, actually. Do you want to say it, and I'll tell you if you're right. I'm going to say Tony Finau. Uh, no, I was not going there. You know what? You want to know why, honestly? Tony not winning this week was really an eye-opener for me. Because, like, he had all these rounds in the 60s, played really well uh, on a golf course that doesn't fit in that great, and he still couldn't, like, really do it. Like, in the he end, he couldn't. a new putter he's got? That putter is not pretty. Not right, pretty. Good. I'm just making sure I wasn't the only one thinking that. No, that's like the old, like, just take the shaft out and weld it to the back of the putter kind of thing. Um, no, my, my – now, like, because you guys might have taken this slightly differently. I probably should put some parameters on it, but – Doug, Doug was like, you know what? I'm taking Abe no matter what. I think that there has been just an absolute awakening. And I think that Dustin Johnson wins another major next year. I just think that like we are going to see like this like late stage 
domination from him at this point. Um, and it might it might almost get boring like by the end of things. But I, I do think that. So my pick for um, most likely to succeed next year, not that that's like really going out on a limb, but I think it's going to be DJ. All right. Like let's it. see. Oh, no, my list. We just had a app crash. All right, here we go. Hey, it's in condensation from the beer on the wet notebook. Can't read it, it anymore. It might be. Might might be that. Might be that it's like my third beer, but regardless. Um, all right, here. Let's see what we have. So, okay. Player that annoyed you the most this year. Player that you thought maybe was going to like win and didn't. Player that maybe you put a lot of faith in, or player that you just can't stand seeing them. Player that we'll go down that route there. Oh, Doug, you want to kick this one off? Bryson DeChambeau. Wow, I love it. Thank you, because I'm with you, Doug. That's what I was going to say. You want to expand? I just—he's uh, in the news every week. He, whether it's for good or bad, he's got tummy issues at the Masters. He's got. <laughs> He's got 52-inch driver issues other weeks. I mean, he's just uh, – wh- wh- I think he's good for the game because I think he makes people think. But just like, dude, I don't need to hear about you every week. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal mm-hmm. player. Do not get me wrong. He's an unbelievable player, and he's in the top ten of the world for a reason. But just every week is not the guy I want to hear about. Okay. Vince? I'm – I don't You might hate this answer. Uh, Matt Wolf. As kind of, you know, I was a big fan of his. I'm still a big fan of his. Um, But then when he played in the match and he's, he he just kind of doesn't have the personality that fits into a normal golf routine. Um, I just found him like really goofy and annoying for a few moments. Um, Okay. So that's, I mean, it's like memorable to me for, for God knows what reason. Um, But yeah, I kind of felt that way about him a few times this year. Um, Yeah. That's really all I got there. I th- I think that makes a lot of sense. I was going to take Bryson as well, but I just thought of this one on the um, on the fly because you know because Dougie uh, Dougie kind of took Bryson and and now I'm slightly blanking on. I just had it. You're allowed to take Bryson. Yeah, I mean that's really who I wanted, right? Like I was I was definitely tired of uh, of hearing all the Bryson stuff and and kind of having to jump through those hoops every week. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's really mine. All right, so in conjunction with – I got only a couple left here. We're almost done. In conjunction with what we saw from we, – we just did best shot of the year earlier. What was the worst shot you saw hit this year, if you can remember, if you can think back to it? I mean, so this worst shot occurred twice by the same player on the same hole. Oh, wow, okay. So I would think that Rom – you know, going for that par five and two at the Masters mm. and basically topping it and snapping it at the same time two years in a row would, uh, you know, just make for a haunting moment in my career if I, if that were me standing out there. Um, so, yeah, I would think that's probably one of the worst shots considering he knew he he knew it could happen again. Like, right. it was already in his head and then he went out there and fucking shit the bed. Yep. Wow. I. Mm, 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 that is a great question. <laughs> I was gonna go with Rom, 
but yeah, so was I. <laughs> that same one. Uh, that might just tell you that it is actually the worst shot of the year. Yeah, right? it's it wasn't good. Um, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember who it was. I'm looking for it right now. I'm scrambling. Somebody at Bay Hill. I know where you're going. Hatton won it on the last hole. Somebody tried to go for it and dumped it in the water, and I cannot remember who it is right now. Oh, man. Well, while you look for that, I'm going to go with um, Rory's top into the water. I can't remember what tournament that was. Oh, no, was that the uh, Players' Championship? Yeah, uh, not Players. um, Oh, sorry. FedEx Cup? FedEx Cup turn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, FedEx Cup. I know people have been giving him, like, the, uh, oh, well, Bermuda Rough is really tough, and not everybody can hit a five iron out of that. But, uh, I mean, if you thought that was even in play, if you thought you even had a chance of doing that, you wouldn't do it. So that just tells me that, you know, he really thought he could get a, a, a clean shot on that. And to cold top it into the water is never, uh, never a good look. Never a good look. <laughs> All right, I figured out who it was. It was uh, at the Honda, actually, not at Bay Hill. It was Tommy Fleetwood made oh, a six. This. He tried to go for it in two and didn't even get close on uh, on 18, which is the par five, and ended mm-hmm. up making a bogey and losing to Sung Jae um, by two shots. Yeah, I that. That. so he needed that to make. He tried to make shot. an eagle to win it, and he just needed to make birdie to get into a playoff, and uh, ended up making a bogey. Nice. That that feels like two years ago. Dude, that dude, actually, yeah, before that. that was pre-COVID, they had fans at the stadium. I mean, it was. Yep. Yep. All right. Three questions left to go. Player player most affected by the COVID break. <laughs> Who was your player most affected by the COVID break? Oh. oh that's a great question. I feel like that's an easy one. I mean. Well, I would have said it was Rom, but Rom ended up playing well. Towards the end. I think his name begins with an R. For sure. Maybe Rory McIlroy? That guy? I think that might be the guy. <laughs> the guy who was top fiving everything going into that. Yeah, I could agree Actually, with that. He top five the Masters and T8 the US Open. He did. True. T7 you know, Tour Actually, Championship. I'm going to change mine. Because you know what? This is a, an absolute tragedy. I'm going to give my like player most affected by the COVID break to Hideki Matsuyama because he went yep. out there and he was about to win the players after like that awesome first round. Shot the course record. <laughs> shot the course record. They just shit all over the guy. So, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Hideki. That's fair. <sighs> I, I'm i going to go with Webb Simpson. Oh, that's actually really good. I forgot all about him. Weber had uh, won the waste management, stole it from Tony Finau, and then won, <laughs> won the uh, RBC Heritage, which I guess was right after COVID started. But then after that, he was miscut, T37, T37. Um, so he, he made some cuts, but just couldn't find the form like he had. Because right before, yeah. he had a second, T10, third, first. And then, wow. Yeah, so... All right, I, that's a great call. I think we got the, the main chunk there. The pound for pound. Uh, it, the pound for pound king. All right, these last two questions. One is about majors. One is about regular tour events. What was the best non-major, or the I shouldn't even say best, the one you enjoyed the most, event you enjoyed the most non-major this year? <clears throat> Ooh, I mean, that's got to be between 
you know, I would say the BMW or the Houston Open for me. Um, okay. Houston Open won because we got to go out there, you know, get our eyes on golf again for the first time in the world of COVID. Um, and the course played tough. And obviously being from Houston and having that course in our backyard, basically, uh, we got to play it before the redesign and after leading into the event. Didn't think it was going to be ready, and it turned out it had some it had some teeth for the whole field. So I think uh, the Houston Open was probably my favorite event. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got three. <laughs> I've got. Um, I got the Houston Open as well. I like it just because we were able to get out there. I liked the, and this is not a PGA event. I like the uh, TaylorMade Driving Relief because we got to see Seminole. Oh, that was cool. Um, So I'm going to go with that one. And then, man, I think both of the the events at Jack's Place were just phenomenal, both back-to-back weeks. So you pick either one of those. I like them both. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was actually cool. To see the course set up two different ways was really, yeah, it was really sick. So uh, I'm a little stuck because I think, I'm, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to kind of cheat it here. Olympia Field, BMW, Vince, you like were absolutely standing for that event, and that event was amazing. That seeing that course like that, how how firm it was, how hard it played, um, and what like it brought, uh, you know, to the end of the tournament was was great. It was really sort of exactly what we needed at that time. I think the other one, and I just I actually was thinking about it when I was writing these questions down because I remember us texting about it. Uh, the Arnold Palmer this year at Bay Hill and how hard they had Bay Hill playing for Hatton's win. Yeah. I just remember like us being like, dude, is this real? Like these guys can't hold greens from like 150 right now. And it was just so fun to watch that scramble down the stretch and watch Hatton just be like absolute nails um, coming in. So uh, those, I'm going to pick those two, one for the course and then one for um, just the tournament itself. All right, last question here for our uh, sort of year-end superlatives. We only had three majors this year, but it was definitely different. The courses played different. The whole narrative around them was different. What was your favorite major in 2020? Benny, I'll let you go first. I mean, Masters was great, as always. I think we've said it kind of lacked you know, just its normal culture for the, for the whole event. Um, and of course I loved seeing more cow win a major. Um, so I actually, I actually think more win was a better win than DJ's record breaking masters win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to go with more cow W. Out there, Marty Park. Take. Oh yeah. I'd love to get your take here before I give mine. Yeah, I I said I also really loved Harding Park. So yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Um, Yeah, I gotta kind of go down the same lines as Vince. Like, I thought for whatever reason the U.S. Open and the way that the USGA set that up, just it was kind of embarrassing. They had perfect weather, no rain. And they soaked the greens because they were worried about getting players through the golf course. And it just it, it, it 
wasn't the tournament that it should have been. Those greens are crazy, and it didn't even matter. Uh, and so to me, it just lacked the pop that it needed. The Masters playing in November, playing wet after all that rain, um, you know, maybe if DJ bogeys, whatever that was, like four or three or four, uh, and things get a little closer, maybe I feel differently about that major. And it was great to see him win, but wasn't the one for me. I was on the edge of my seat the entire Sunday at the PGA. And I think to me, it's very rare I say that about a PGA. I generally don't like the PGA that much. But the course was good. The play was awesome. The leaderboard was sick. And Sunday was action-packed. I got to go with the PGA. I'm going to go with the PGA as well. I think that it was just all around. All four rounds were incredible. Brooks was – we thought Brooks might get it done again. Yeah, yeah. And then – Morikawa got it done along with a few other guys that were in there. Wolf had a chance. Even Bryson made a run at it. Um, so, yeah, I thought all around it was the the, the best major of the year. Uh, I thought Wingfoot was good, although it was really just a two-man race until Sunday. And then in the back nine, it was one man, kind of like Augusta, where DJ kind of separated himself from everybody through after two rounds, really. And, uh, and, and then... You know, ended up closing it out by a, a fairly large margin. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I'll go with Harding Park as the uh, the number one major of the year. All right, there you go. That is the end of our 2020 practice ball superlatives. Good job, boys. Glad Love we got it. that through. It's worked. Um. Well, we are about an hour in. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I think that's it from from the booth from from the clan for this year. We're gonna have a couple maybe teaching segments or some other short things coming in the next couple of weeks as we, uh, we invite some people on the show. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Enjoy the women's U S open at champions golf club this week. Please watch that. Hopefully it's a great tournament. It should be. we have some great weather, although it may rain Friday, but the rest of the weekend is going to be fantastic. So that should be a fun one. Benny and I are playing in the club championship out of wildcat, the original OG. Uh, we've got some bets. We've got some bets on that, which we'll get up probably Thursday or Friday. We've got some friends playing in it, and so we'll get all the lines up so everybody can see, and we'll we'll keep everybody updated there. And then that's really all we got. I appreciate all the support as always. Please go like our podcast, share it, leave a review, type something in there so the algorithms get popped up. And uh, we'll see you guys. I you know in twenty twenty one as a full group. Vinny, take us home. All right, ballers. We appreciate it as always. Uh, like Doug said, we're going out to Wildcat playing in the club championship two-day event. I'm going out there looking to break 164.5, according to all my friends. Sadly, no <laughs> breakfast balls this event. But if you're going out there and playing, you know, if things just don't go right on the first tee, reload one. We appreciate it as always. Thanks again.